Hey there everybody, this is Pastor James and welcome back to the Midweek Bible Study. Today we will cover the first half of chapter 9. Now last week we talked about food that was sacrificed to idols and whether or not it was permissible to even eat that food. Paul finished up the chapter by saying that if what we ate caused someone to stumble, then basically he would never eat that food again. Now as we begin in chapter 9 today, it's it's fitting that Paul immediately begins with talking about giving up his rights as an apostle so that he would never be an obstacle to the gospel of Jesus Christ being received by anyone. So let's read this together. <clears throat> There's some uh, background dynamics going on. And so uh, Paul is actually addressing a couple things, and we'll talk about that. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1-12, through 12, let's read this together. Am I not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord with my own eyes? <clears throat> Isn't it because of my work that you belong to the Lord? Even if others think I'm not an apostle, I certainly am to you. You yourselves are proof that I am the Lord's apostle. This is my answer to those who question my authority. Don't we have the right to live in your homes and share your meals? <clears throat> Don't we have the right to bring a believing wife with us as the other apostles and the Lord's brothers do, and as Peter does? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have to work to support ourselves? What soldier has to pay his own expenses? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of its fruit? What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? Am I expressing merely a human opinion, or does the law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us so that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. Alright, let's dig into this a little bit, and today's study should be pretty quick. So you got to understand that there are two things going on here that Paul is addressing. The first thing is, is you know, like we said earlier in chapter 8, Paul clearly communicated that, yes, as Christians, we are free and we have the right to do many things and really to eat any kind of food, which was the main focus of chapter 8. But it, it translates into many areas of life from that point. Um, so we have freedom in Christ, but Paul encourages them to give up uh, those freedoms and that right so that they would never be stumbling blocks to anyone by what they eat. And, and Paul is already committed to give up that right himself at the end of chapter 8, and he encourages the church of Corinth to do the same. Now, the other thing that's happening in chapter 9, so chapter 9 is continuing on from the end of chapter 8 in that same sense, okay, the, the same attitude of giving up our rights as Christians. And so Paul is continuing on from that, but the other thing that is going on is that there were some of the people in the church of Corinth that doubted whether or not Paul was even truly an apostle. And um, if you remember back to chapter 1, <clears throat> uh, remember that 
there was a big issue among the people in the church in Corinth about who they followed, who they had been baptized by, um, who they supported as their spiritual leaders. And in this moment, uh, Paul's authority and right to be a spiritual leader was in question by some of those people inside the church. Now, as Paul is talking about giving up rights, he is talking about things like the food they eat, but he is simultaneously defending his position as an apostle, even though he did not exercise some of his rights as an apostle. And so Paul is really talking about a lot of the purity and integrity that he has as an apostle, that even though he has certain rights, he doesn't claim those rights and doesn't exercise those rights. So he has given up those rights in order that he would not be a stumbling block to anyone in their faith or to the gospel being received by anyone who's not a believer yet. So just to make sure you know, um, what an apostle is, uh, you know, some people may not know that, so I just want to share that with you right quick. Uh, but to be able to bear the title of apostle, someone had to see Jesus Christ with their own eyes. And, and so, as you can imagine, all the disciples were considered apostles. And then Paul was the last apostle as Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, and, and Paul saw him and spoke with him. So, um, Paul is definitely an apostle. If we believe in God's word, if we believe it to be true, um, then we know the account that Paul saw him with his own eyes, and uh, he was blinded by that, and you know the whole story. If not, go back and read it. It's in Acts. But Paul is an apostle. Now, <clears throat> as a result, uh, I, I just want to warn you, there are people today who who desire to be called an apostle like that's their title um kind of like reverend or pastor or something like that they desire to be called an apostle i would just say be weary of people like that i'm not going to say they're they're absolutely 100 an imposter but i just want you to understand what it means for someone to be called an apostle it means that they have seen jesus christ with their own eyes now everything is possible through jesus if jesus wants to reveal himself to someone, he is very much capable of doing that. All I'm saying is, is that I've been in ministry for uh, 19 years now. I've been saved for 22 years now, <clears throat> and I have yet to meet someone personally through my many years of uh, church experience and ministry experience and traveling camps and attending all these services and conferences and things like that, I've yet to meet anyone who's seen Jesus with their own eyes who's been called an apostle. So not saying that it's not possible, just saying that you need to be weary of anyone who wants that title applied to their name and ask why. <clears throat> also, <clears throat> excuse me, as those people want that title, you need to be very aware of the fruit that the apostles were producing in the New Testament church. And so Jesus appeared to them and taught them personally, and he appeared to Paul and called him personally. And the fruit that the apostles produced was amazing fruit. And so if someone is claiming to be an apostle and they're wanting you to refer to them as an apostle, not saying that it's not possible, but you just need to be aware that 
they need to be producing some really incredible fruit in order for that to kind of translate, in my opinion. And that's just my opinion, okay? Not biblical uh, uh, truth in that moment, just saying that's my opinion on the matter. Be weary of that. Don't discredit it uh, from the get-go, but be very weary. Use wisdom and discernment and seeking the Lord in prayer in that matter. So anyway, let's move on. Um, Paul goes on to say, that even if others don't acknowledge him as an apostle, that it really doesn't matter and it shouldn't change the fact that he is an apostle to the ones who do acknowledge him. And Paul says that their spiritual growth, like what God has done in their hearts, what Jesus has done in their hearts, is proof that Jesus has chosen Paul as an apostle and is using him. And Paul was very uh influential. I mean, his fruit was amazing in his ministry across the the Roman world during that time. I mean, tens of thousands of miles that Paul traveled to so many different countries and places and cities that he spread the name of Jesus Christ, and he was very effective in doing that. Uh, So just know that Paul is saying that, look, for those of you who are believers who, who acknowledge me as an apostle, then because you acknowledge me, then I am, and that's what's important. So as a result, um, Paul begins to address those who do question his apostleship. Like, they question whether or not he can claim spiritual authority in their lives. And so Paul begins to list all of the rights that the apostles have as they minister to people. Now, this is biblical, and this is talked about in the New Testament. And Jesus told the disciples whenever he sent them out, you know, accept the hospitality of the people. Go out, stay in their homes, accept the food that they offer you. You know, don't take any money with you. Don't take a a spare set of clothes. You know, accept the hospitality of the people that you're ministering to because if you're doing God's work, you deserve to be provided for. So as the apostles are are ministering to people that they are uh, trying to spread the gospel to, they have the right to live in the homes of those people and share in their meals. And the apostles also have the right to bring along uh, their wife as long as the wife is a believer. And now Paul and Barnabas do not claim those rights. They support themselves. Uh, They stay in their own tents. They work to earn a living. And they don't bring wives because they don't have wives. They're not married. And their ministry to the people is much less taxing than the other apostles. Now, um, I'm sure during this time, it was probably a privilege for an apostle to come and stay in your home. It, it was. It would have been considered a great honor. Um, our attitude today is very different. Um, I think we as Americans have really gotten, uh, we have really strayed away from hospitality and we would like to consider ourselves hospitable and nice and cordial to people. But at the same time, <clears throat> uh, for someone to come and stay in our home who we're not super familiar with, that's kind of a burden because there's this expectation of, well, you have to be presentable and you have to be polite and you have to go above and beyond to make sure these people are comfortable. And that means you're uncomfortable in order to make them comfortable. And so a lot of people don't like to have people in their homes anymore. And the idea of a spiritual person coming to your home, I can imagine some of you who are listening to this, probably most of you, I'm probably your pastor if you're listening to this. Now, 
if I'm not your pastor, think of your pastor or a pastor that you know, and, and imagine them coming to stay in your home and how uncomfortable that would be because you, there might be things that you do in your home that you would be not necessarily that sinful, but you would be ashamed of if, if someone else saw it or someone else saw what you watched on TV or saw what you said or, or there was just this, this uncomfortableness to go above and beyond for this person. But during biblical times, it was kind of like this amazing privilege to have these people come and stay in their homes. Hospitality was huge. When you look throughout the Old Testament, um, God gave specific laws in the law of Moses to uh, being hospitable and inviting strangers in your home and taking care of people who needed to be taken care of. So the apostles have that right. But as you can imagine, it's costly, and it costs money to feed them and to share with them, and it costs time, and you're giving up comforts in your home to make sure that those apostles are comfortable, and not only are they coming, and not only do they eat more food, but they're bringing a wife, and they eat food, and so it's kind of one of those things that it wouldn't have been a terrible thing, but it would have cost them something you know they would have had to provide more food provide shelter um provide the place to stay and make sure they're comfortable and they have everything they need but what paul is saying is look these other apostles come and minister and they minister to you in the name of jesus but it costs you something you have to house them you have to feed them you have to house their wives if they bring their wives when Barnabas and Paul come to town and they minister to people in the name of Jesus, it doesn't cost them anything. They stay in their own tents. They work to earn their own living. They provide for themselves. They don't bring wives. And basically, they only bring the gospel. That's the only thing that's affecting these people. And so Paul is saying that, look, as an apostle, I have these rights, but I haven't asked anything from you. I've only given to you. While other apostles have this exchange as they are provided what they need by the church and the people in the church, they are giving, uh, you know, in the name of Jesus, the message of the gospel and wisdom from scripture and things like that. But what Paul is doing is he's simply giving and he's not receiving anything. So it doesn't cost the church or the people anything when Paul is ministering to them. <clears throat> now, Paul uses some analogies uh, in this passage to kind of get his point across. And he talks about, you know, soldiers. And he's referring to Roman soldiers during this time. Uh, Roman soldiers did not pay their own expenses. Uh, they earned a wage from the government. Rome paid their soldiers a certain amount of wage. And as their soldiers were traveling, uh, protecting, fighting, for them, um, it was expected that they would be housed and fed by the people that they are fighting for and protecting. Uh, whether you wanted to do that or not, that was an expectation. And it's always been an expectation for any country for their soldiers. Uh, <clears throat> he also uses the analogy of a farmer. Uh, a farmer gets to enjoy the fruits of his labor by eating some of his own crop. A shepherd gets to enjoy the milk from, from the animals in his flock. Even the law of Moses talks about um, this issue by ordering or commanding the people of Israel not to muzzle an ox while it's uh, grinding the grain and treading it out so that the ox can eat and enjoy the fruits of its labor, that that was wrong to do that. And so Paul brings attention to the fact that the passage 
wasn't just for the ox. I mean, it was, yes, it was for the ox, but like many parts of Scripture, it translates into many areas and circumstances of life. So, <clears throat> no, don't muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. But also, you know, if an ox is important, and it's important to make sure the ox is able to eat while it's working, how much more important is it to make sure that people are able to enjoy the fruits of their labor? And so the, the passage translates across the board to people as much as it does to an ox. And the church in Corinth is trying to cut people out of sharing in the spiritual fruit of what God has done there. Now, the argument has been the whole time who people had been baptized by, who they were followers of. And Paul is simply reminding them that it's not right. Basically, all the apostles have joined together to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, and it's a team effort. Like, yes, there are individual works that are done, but when it's all said and done, they're all on the same team, they're all doing the same work, and they're all doing it for one God and one Savior, Jesus Christ. This is not just Paul's opinion. It's clearly communicated in Scripture that it's not right to deny anyone the fruit of their labor. And so Paul is not <clears throat> he's not communicating this because he wants his rights as an apostle. He's communicating this because he wants to still be able to be a spiritual influence in the people of Corinth's lives. He wants them to acknowledge him as an apostle, not to give him his rights as an apostle, but to acknowledge him as an apostle and to give him his right to preach and um, have authority over them to help guide them through their problems. Now, Paul and Barnabas have clearly planted um, spiritual seed among the people of Corinth, but it is interesting that Paul and his companions have, have never claimed their rights as apostles to receive anything. So, what is Paul arguing for? Paul is, is arguing for his right to continue to be a minister of the gospel um, and, and to be the minister of these people. <clears throat> he wants to continue to pour into them. And so the people of Corinth are so supportive over others, other apostles, and they give them food and drink, and they give their wives food and drink, but for whatever reason, it seems like they're wanting to cut Paul and Barnabas out um, of their spiritual influence inside their church. Paul is reminding them that he hasn't cost them a thing. He says, look, I'm not in it for me. I'm not in it for what I can get out of it. I'm not in it for food. I'm not in it for drink. I'm not in it for a place to stay. I have cost you nothing. I have only given to you. I have only preached to you. I have only poured into you. And his desire is to never be an obstacle, but to always be a pathway for the gospel to travel and spread. So, as we finish up today, I just want to encourage you guys to understand and acknowledge the fact that, you know, Paul, his heart was all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It wasn't what he could gain, it was what he could give. And that's the true heart of Jesus. It's not about what you can gain, it's what you can give. Paul wanted to give. And so in your own personal lives, I just want to challenge you, you know, what's your attitude about your relationship with Christ? Is it what you can gain from him or is it what you can give? 
What's your attitude with people in the church? Is it what you can gain from them or what you can give? What's your attitude of, of the people around you who you claim to be Christians in front of? Is it what you can get from them or is it what you can give to them? Because a true minister of the gospel is all about giving. It's all about giving ourselves away so that Jesus can be elevated and proclaimed in our life to the people around us. So Paul talks about giving up rights, giving up spiritual rights that we have as people, our, our rights in Christ, and we have many, but we give up many things. We give up sin, we give up things of the world, and we even give up rights as Freedom in Christ, we give those things up as well in order to make sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ is spread first and foremost. And in doing that, when we sacrifice here on earth, we trust and have faith that that will be rewarded and paid back in eternity with God our Father. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and for this time we have together. God, I pray that you would speak into our hearts and minds. Lord, help your truth to ring out loud and clear. Help us to realize that it's not about rights and what we can do, but Lord, it's about what is most beneficial for your kingdom and the message of the gospel to be spread to the people around us. Jesus, I pray that we would love you with all of our hearts, that we would be willing to give up anything in your name, and that in everything that we do, we would be a representative of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We love you, we thank you, and we ask all this in your name. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another week. <clears throat> if you can't be on campus this weekend, we encourage you to tune in on Facebook, YouTube, or catch the podcast. We love you. We're praying for you. Hope you have a great week.